Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. NFL Week 5 preview coming right at you. Full force, a lot of football on. We got some midweek college football while we're recording. We got MLB playoffs, but we're talking all football tonight. Johnny and Blaine on the show, as always. A lot of good matchups. We're going to have some Week 4 takeaways. We're going to talk about the NFL Week 5 slate, starting with Thursday Night Football, Bears at Commanders. And we'll wrap up the show with, of course, Chiefs at the Minnesota Vikings. Let's hear from the fellas. I've got a feeling this show could be pretty frisky tonight. Boys are feeling good right in the middle of football season. Weather's turning. We had a little rain down here in the Cape. I think the whole state of Missouri has, and this weekend is going to be crisp. Guys, I'm talking low 60s for some highs, and that yeah. screams football. Some jeans, maybe a hoodie, and I'm ready to hit somebody. Bad day to be a punt returner this weekend. Johnny, we'll start with you, buddy. How you doing? You, you said that so perfectly. I've been looking forward to this weekend ever since I saw the 10-day forecast. I mean, uh, at our house, they're saying it's supposed to be 38 degrees at 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning, which is ridiculous. Um, it's good and bad. It's good because it's going to be hoodie weather. Like you were saying, it's bad because I just got my grass to like come back to life. And now the grass is going to get a little shocked, uh, with that cold, those cold temperatures. So hopefully the grass, uh, survives. Great to be on the figure it out podcast. So excited to break this down with you guys. We're finally, um, you know, not finally, but we're into the first week of buys. There's some teams on the buys. So, um, it's crazy. We're already through the first quarter of the season. Um, but a lot to get to. Uh, and a lot to talk about here on this Figure It Out podcast. Yeah. Blaine, sending sending texts in the chat here. Yeah, I mean, we're 30 seconds in. I'm already firing. Text line was good today for listeners who aren't obviously able to be in our text line. We got a, we got a great message. Been well known, but it was good. Got me a little fired up. I had a whiskey. I think Chandler had a tea in the shower. Yeah. So we are... Um, you know, it's one of those that I'm not going to be in next week because I'll be in Colorado. So fair warning. I'm just going to let it rip today. I got to make up for a, for a down week. So I had to go two for one here. So I love it. Well, let's get into it. Let's start with our week four overreactions. We started this We started this week one. Um, good time to, to start it, but we kind of dozed off the last couple of weeks. So we're going to get back to it. And how we're going to do it, I've been a bad host in the past of order. So I'm just going to go out and rip an order, and we're going to stick to it, okay? So we're going to go Blaine, Johnny, and myself for our overreactions. But just something, Blaine, that you saw from the week. Maybe you want to put maybe put a little uh, stake in the ground. Maybe you want to just you know go out on a limb here. Your week four overreaction, Blaine Wheeler. Yeah, is Josh Dobbs good, guys? I mean, he – Wow. Four touchdowns, zero picks through the year, 265, two touchdowns. 102 passer rating versus San Fran. One of the best defenses in the NFL. Great secondary. Been established all year. Good front. And, I mean, they're I, – I, I have a hard time saying that he's bad. I picked him up in the waiver wire just because we're going to see what happens for the rest of the year. Now, this is a overreaction, but I've been very, very impressed. Seems to be a great pickup from Arizona. I'll talk about their receiving core and what they've been able to do later in this podcast. But overreaction, Josh Dobbs. Not bottom half quarterback. I love it. I really do love it, Johnny. Yeah, that one is uh, very interesting, and I, yeah, he, he at least is trying his balls off. Yeah. I mean, he is just 
you know, people say, oh, you're such a tryhard. Well, he makes that look really cool. Uh, so that's a good one. Mine is that uh, Derek Carr stinks and Jameis will be starting soon. And the only reason that Jameis won't be starting is because D.A. dumbass is in charge uh, in that building. Derek Carr, and I know he's got a hurt shoulder. He is terrible. And, you know, it's it's just like one of those quarterbacks you see go around the league. You know, Derek Carr doesn't have a playoff win. Like, he's been in the league for a decade and doesn't have a playoff win. This guy's terrible. And listen to this. This is ridiculous. So, I, again, I know his shoulder was hurt. Derek Carr, 23 of 37 for 127 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions last week. Okay, so 23 completions. He had 13 completions to Alvin Kamara. Kamara was 13 catches on 14 targets for 33 yards. That's the lowest ever for that many catches. 13 for 33. So uh, the Saints are – the Saints are not good. Um, I I think – I think, you know, Tampa Bay is really surprising me in that division, and uh, my hot take is that Jameis is going to be the guy. Blade! Yeah! I say you fucker! Fuck us! Fuck the Saints! Because they've done it to us again, guys! They've done it to us again! We were out on them last year! No, we were in on them last year! And they were horrible! We were out, and we flip-flopped! I let Blaine enter my brain, and... He made me flip flop to the Saints are going to be good, and they're horrible. Go to your overreaction. I, 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 I don't have anything to say about it. I, I don't. Week four overreaction for myself. Guys, I'm going to stay in the NFC West with Blaine, and I'm going to give some flowers and some a, a, a bouquet, if you will, to the Los Angeles Rams. Through the first four weeks of the season, two and two, And I'm not sitting here saying that they're some phenomenal team. But, guys, we in the NFC West preview and throughout the offseason were saying this could be one of the worst teams in football. And I don't think they are at all. They go to Cincinnati and scrap. They lost, but a great scrap for a team that we didn't think had any talent. Um, They go on the road. Weird things happen in Lucas Oil. They win in overtime. Puka Nakua, one of the biggest stories of the offseason. I mean – it's crazy to see what McVay and Stafford have done. Stafford clearly healthy, and we for overreaction. Lot or uh, Rams, I would say top half of the league right now, maybe in terms of like teams that are just overperforming. I mean, Stafford's slaying it, and we've talked about it. There's he got some weapons. I like this Kyron Williams guy. I think kind of a fantasy steal. He's on the trade block in one of my leagues. I'm kind of looking at him. I think maybe because they like this guy. The Rams, guys, that's my week four overreaction. They might be, guys, they could be the second best team in the NFC West right now. They yeah. could, I think they're better than Seattle. And we'll get to the Giants in a bit. Dear God. But <laughs> Seattle's not that good either. It just goes to show you there that I think, and the, G- the Chiefs can take a page out of this book. Uh, it, it, when you're trying to draft a position and it's just not really going well for you, You've still got to keep drafting it, and eventually you're going to find somebody. And I, I'm talking about receiver for the Rams, right? Like, you know, he's done a few good things for them, but they have overall have been disappointed in 2-2 Atwell. Van Jefferson's been kind of an up-and-down disappointment for them, and they just kept taking taking swings at wide receiver. And then they land this Puka Nakua guy, and he is just 
really good. And, I, you know, maybe some of that's Matt Stafford. He has made some guys really perform well at the wide receiver position in his, in his career. Um, but, you know, I, I referenced the Chiefs there because, you know, we're seeing the Chiefs, well, they swung and missed on McColl, and my boy uh, Sky Moore is not playing good football right now, at least not good enough. Maybe Rasheed Rice is kind of that guy that gets through for them. But this Nakua guy from the first game has been a stud. Yeah, really well said. Uh, Blaine, go ahead. Yeah, my second overreaction. Tampa oh. Bay is a playoff team. A playoff team this year. Baker Mayfield, top 10 in QBR and passer rating. Completion percentage as well. The Buccaneers have a football team they can put together. And, I mean, they, they just dominated the team in their division. Then the Saints, they're going to be a playoff football team. Played the Eagles, eh, fine. But, uh, I, I mean, they're winning football games. And they're going to continue to do so. And they're going to be a playoff football team. Yeah, I'd say they're the clear frontrunner for the NFC South right now. For sure, they're the best team in that division. They'll be in the playoffs, no doubt, at, at this moment. And their over-under wins for this year was, I think, six. Already got three to their belt, and there's you know plenty more to be seen. Yeah, awesome. Awesome week four overreactions. Let's get into the week five slate. No place, to, no place better to start than Thursday night football. The Chicago Bears go to the Washington Commanders. Uh, Commanders, we'll start there. Guys, they played really well on the road last week in Philly. They came up a little short in overtime. Weird, weird move by Ron Rivera to not go for two. Dude, you've got to go for two in that situation. There's no reason why you shouldn't because you have nothing to lose. Literally, you have nothing to lose. He said it's because they were tired and gassed. You don't think the defense is gassed as well, Ron? That's what That was his reasoning in the postgame presser. It was just a weird play, and they ended up losing the game. But I think that that is more telling of their skill level in terms of how, you know, they're frisky, and that's they're too much for the Bears. I don't know that this game has much more on it. The Bears are horrible. Justin Fields played the, probably the, one of the best games of his career last week, and they still lost to Denver in bad fashion. Um, they're a wreck. Short week on the road. Never a good recipe. Over unders forty four and a half. I feel like for the betting people out there, that's an underplay, especially on a short week with two not great offenses. The Commanders is decent, but I don't love it. But it's going against one of the worst defenses in the world. Give me the Commanders, Blaine. We'll start with you. Yeah, and it points to Sam Howell rebounded last week. He had a had a really really tough um, week three. So getting him back a little bit going is is good to see. He was bad because Buffalo just what I think they sacked him what six to nine times. I think it was nine actually. So whenever you're clean in a pocket, you're going to be doing all right. And he was clean against a, a Philly defensive front that's very very good. Still went for two fifty plus. There's nothing showing me that Sam Howell can't go for two fifty plus two touchdowns plus against the Chicago Bears defense that has just continually been bad. We obviously saw it in Arrowhead. Chiefs could have put up seventy if they wanted to. I think the Commanders. If you have all of their fantasy weapons, start them all. Um, I, I think this is a good game for the commanders to kind of say, like, yeah, we're going to win by by 20. Like, it's a blowout. They got to blow them out here, and I think they might, really. You guys remember the game last year that they had on primetime, these two teams? It was like 13. At Soldier Field, yeah. <laughs> Carson wins, whatever. Like, it's just terrible. But um, the Bears have given up, like, a league record. 25 plus points in four it's like 14 straight games this sets up really well for for washington 
the Chase Claypool situation is looming over this team. He's just being asked to or told to stay home. Bunch of rumors about Eberflus. If they lose this game, he's going to get fired. You know, check on your friends that are Bears fans, I guess. I mean, if you want to, but they talked a lot of shit this offseason, which was just like ridiculous. Um, I, I, I'm all over Washington here. I don't know. I, I, I could say a little bit more, but I think it would just be mean. I don't think I even need to. Let's get to Sunday. Another London game. Jacksonville Jaguars back at home in London to take on the Buffalo Bills, the Hell Bills. Um, Jaguars did not come back, I believe, from London. I think they stayed over there for this week, so that's kind of an advantage um, in terms of not having to travel. But um, as much as I hate to admit it, Hell looked pretty decent last week. Um, Josh Allen looked okay last week. Um, and I'm not sold on Jacksonville. I think the Chiefs broke them. I just don't think, like, the London game last week against Atlanta, not that impressive to me. I mean, it was a boring 23-7 to win Atlanta. Um, we'll talk about them here in a second. A little underwhelming, but, like, Jacksonville should have done that. And I think this is a much different beast coming over there. And I don't know why. This is a more of a fantasy situation, I guess, but what's wrong with Calvin Ridley and Trevor Lawrence? It's all on the same page. What's going on there? I don't love it. Unfortunately, I'm taking hell bills here because I'm I'm gonna compete with you guys this year. I'm not I'm gonna be smart. Hell Bills will win in London. Johnny. Yeah, just get out of the way for me. I think the Bills are gonna win as well. I, the Calvin Ridley thing, I've got him on one fantasy team. And you know, if you go think back to the Chiefs game, he was like a combined four inches away from having a two touchdown game. Like he yeah. had a really big in there. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm it, it, through four games, him being out of football for like basically two years. Like I'm, I'm still okay with Calvin. Um, just want to see some more football from him, but it's just the Jags overall. Like he, their offense was still herky jerky. Um, it, it didn't seem like it was, just things were running too smoothly against the right. Falcons. Well said. And the, Fal- and the Falcons were really bad. In that London game, we'll, we'll we'll get to the Falcons later, but um, you know, it it hurts me to say it because I don't like the Bills, but I think that they're playing the best football in the in the AFC. Um, you could argue it's either them or the 49ers in the whole league right now. So through four games, you know, Buffalo last few years has been playing good football out of the gate. Um, and if you were, you know, after that first week, everyone thought Buffalo was you know, on their way to missing the playoffs and everything imploding after they lost to the Jets in that weird game. But, you know, they're they're three and one and they they're flying high right now. And Josh Allen and Diggs look like they're playing good football. They're running with James Cook a lot. And that's something that they've been missing the last few years. And so um, uh, unless like there's a huge advantage to staying in London next week, I don't really see that, you know, being that much of a, of a big deal. I mean, you can get a quick a flight from the East coast to London. It's like five hours. Yeah. Like, so I, I I'm, I'm all over Buffalo here over under 48 and a half. A part of me wants to likes the under in that situation guys, just because of the Jaguars offense. And then there's some talk about um, Von Miller playing in this game. Yeah. Tough game here. This is the Josh Allen bowl guys, Josh oh, Allen for the Jags. Nice Blaine. Josh oh, Allen quarterback oh, oh, oh. for the bills. You know, okay. What's Josh Allen for the Bills look like in a big game? Now, is this prime time since it is Sunday morning in London? Big game. I, prime I think it's time. Technically, yeah, we're technically we're sticking counts. that on him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So 
primetime earlier in the year against the Jets, Josh Allen for the Bills, horrible. Primetime Josh Allen for the Jags, three sacks last week against Atlanta, looked phenomenal. Can Josh Allen for the Jags get after Josh Allen for the Bills? I, I think the Jags still, there's something to be seen about them, man. I, they're just not, they haven't popped yet. And there's a game that they're going to. And is this it? Trey White went down for the Bills, a huge loss. They still have some question at safety, and they're a little bit worried. Now, does, like you said, Vaughn Miller come back? Does their D-line continue to do what they've done, the best pressure rate of, of any team in the NFL? But, man, the Jags' weapons are just too good to stay stagnant this long. They're just way too good. I don't know what's going on, Chandler. You, you're talking about Calvin being kind of slow out of the gate, but there's – there's just something here, guys. I think the Jags are going to keep it close, and I think they're going to cover because I think they're one of the best teams in the AFC, whether they started the way they have or not. Um, I'm not too, looking too far into the Bills' massive win over Miami. I think Miami is inflated, as I've said, for the last two weeks. And um, the Bills are still really good, but I think Jacksonville is good enough to keep this thing close. I do like that they're staying in London. And, um, yeah, I'll take the Jags. What do you have? I have plus five and a half here. I'll take them. That's what I've got, and I really, really like that spiel, Blaine. It made me feel a lot better. I'm kind of rooting for the Jags. I'll be fine if I lose that one. Let's go to the AFC North. The Baltimore Ravens go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, guys, I don't think there's any farther place I need to start than the Steelers. Um, could have been wrong about Kenny. Long season. Long season. Back for another opportunity. Back at Acrisure Stadium. Kenny Pickett and the boys. Um... Okay, let me ask you guys this. I'm, I'm actually just that I'm going to turn it over to you guys with a question, and I'm not going to say anything else because I want to listen. Plus four at home. I know they're at home. That's a weird number, but plus four makes it think like Vegas thinks they're keeping this close, right, Blaine? Absolutely. And you know why? Is because they've kept it close for the last three years. They the Pittsburgh Steelers own the Ravens in the last three years. Ravens have won one game in the last three years against the Steelers. Guys, Tomlin knows what he's doing against Lamar, and that's little to be said. No Odell, they're banged up on deep. They're banged up defensively. They're banged up all over the place, which they look good against Dorian Thompson Robinson last week. But what are they going to look like if Tomlin has some time to draw it up against a divisional foe? So I I don't know. I think that's the reason it's this close is because these teams know each other so well, know what they want to do. What does Lamar look like against Tomlin? It hasn't been good in the past. He's he's put up 13 points, 16, 13, 19, and 14 in the last five games, guys. Keep an eye on it. Yeah, that's a really good point. Johnny? The over-under is 37 and a half. Yeah. Ew. That is <laughs> bad. And uh, – Having heard that spiel from Blaine, I mean, that was really good information there. Was not aware that the Ravens offense had been operating that poorly. I hmm. My my mind's a little a little torn here. So, okay, let's talk real dollars and cents. I'm not betting on the Steelers. Like I just don't want to actually do do that. That's that's not fun. Yeah, uh, in this spot, Kenny is Kenny stinks, Chandler. Come on, dude. And take off the gloves. <laughs> the gloves are terrible. How can you be that bad and still wear the gloves? John, I mean, just try something else. And so, I don't know, bro. Like, I, I, I'm i not trying to – I've gotten a ton of stuff wrong already this year too, so I'm just – I'm not trying to be too mean about it. But Kenny's just not it. Um, 
Lamar rushed for two touchdowns and threw for two touchdowns last week. That's the first time he did that in his career. Uh, I thought that was an interesting stat. I figured he would have done that before. Four is that number that I keep talking about. And so I'll, I'll take Baltimore here, but I hate that. I hate that one because I, because of what Blaine kind of argued on, on the Steelers side, like Tomlin in a state of a, a state of the franchise where it's kind of desperation. Like he tends to make the guys rise to the occasion. They just lost 30 to six to the Texans and that's no shot at the Texans, but as far as like, you know, history of the franchises it's just like they're the Steelers are embarrassed big time and they you know winning cures a lot of stuff and then you know hosting a a division rival who you've had success against could be a good recipe for the Steelers I say all of that and for some reason I'm still gonna pick Baltimore I'm still picking Baltimore as well too and I I, I mean, it's solely on Kenny. I don't even think Kenny's going to be healthy, guys. He went out of that no, game. No, he says he's expected to play. I knew you were going to say that. I, I don't care. But I don't care. What do you want? A fifty percent Kenny Pickett? You might as well trot out your high school quarterback. I mean, <laughs> it's, what, what's Baltimore? I don't care. If Baltimore has five plus injuries defensively. They, I'm not putting my money on the Steelers, as you said, Johnny. I'm not doing it until they prove me they can win, and they could very easily win this game. But I'm just not doing it. I'll take the Steelers. I'll be different from you guys in this one. I got to ride with my guy, Kenny. I backed him all offseason. He's my guy for the whole season. I'm not backing off this hill. I will die on this hill. You're going to die. And we'll get to a quarterback (laughs) here in a second that I'll also die with, unfortunately. AFC South battle. The Tennessee Titans go to Lucas Oil to take on the Indianapolis Colts, guys. I think the best way to sum up this game is this is going to be the weirdest game of the NFL Week 5 slate. Very weird teams, teams you never know what you're going to get. Titans last week looked like an absolute contender in the AFC, but that's not really who they are. But we said last week that they match up very scary for the Bengals, and it was on display. That D-line flat got after Burrow. We'll talk about them here in a second. But the Titans' defense is really, really good. But the Colts, man, I feel like they're a team that just kind of knows how to play the Titans, just as we kind of alluded to with the Ravens and Steelers. It's almost kind of like the same matchup. You would think that the Titans should come into Indy and win this game based on how they just played, but the lack of consistent quarterback play hinders them. Derrick Henry got back on track last week. That was great to see. I actually just traded for him in a fantasy league. Not that anybody cares, but sick that I traded for him the week before he went off. That's that is positive, but the Colts, man, they've been playing good defense. They're scrappy. They were in that game with the Rams and it's going to be a barn burner. Colts plus two and a half at home. I'm going to go with the Titans. I think they're just a better team. I think their defense is better. I think they can get after this offense a little bit better than the Colts can get after the Titans offense. And for that, I'm taking the Titans minus two and a half on the road. Uh, Johnny. Colts defense has been playing really well. Uh, Titans offensive lines given up 14 sacks. Uh, it's in Indianapolis where we just see some weird shit happen. I know they ended up not getting it done against the Rams, but you know, it was like 23 to eight and they made a big comeback. Right. And Richardson is just showing some freak talent um, back there. Also some inconsistency like predicted, my my lean here is is to Indy 
you know, anytime Indy's getting points at home, I don't know why. It's just like I mentioned that weird, there's like a weird juju on the field that's put on there by Jim Ursay having some weird satanic sex orgy the night before on the field with his guitars. And like, I just think that this is going to be a game where the Colts get it done. Give me the Colts. Very yeah, interesting. Johnny, let's uh, go. <laughs> very interesting. Um, yeah, middle of the field note for uh, you didn't get yeah, the invite. Nope. I have to turn those invites down all the time from old Jimbo. Yep, don't. And uh, now if Rabel, well, then I might might see what's up because he's. Well, he uh, said he'd cut his dick off to win a Super Bowl. So there's a lot of weird shit that happens. In weird this game. Way. Weird game. I, I mean, overall, it really is a weird game. Colts have been pretty good defensively, but their secondary stinks. Is this a game where Tannehill can get going? That's a good point. I mean, the Titans have given up a lot of sacks, and Indy has been able to get after the quarterback. But for some reason, I just think Tannehill can do something here, um, be a little bit better than he has, and Tennessee's defense just has to step up against a dual attack. I don't think that, that anybody's going to play him better for Anthony Richardson than Mike Frable. I just I, I don't. It's a great matchup for him, and it's a great matchup for a young quarterback. Um, I guess for the Titans against a young quarterback, I should say, to to exploit some things there. And I think that Brabel is going to do that. Now, is Jonathan Taylor back this week, guys? He's practicing back at practice. I, is he back? I believe he's I playing. Know. Unless so, I don't have my facts right, Johnny, right? right. I just, he was a full participant today, so they haven't said anything more than that, I don't think. And that just screams distraction to me for some reason. I, mean, I don't like it. I don't like it. I think that uh, I, I I think Titans are a better football team, and I think they're going to show it. And I think that uh, it, Colts Colts opened as one point favorites, now two and a half um, underdogs. So I think that the money's going on Tennessee, and I'm riding with the money. Some more information here on that too. I just found on X, formerly Twitter, uh, it's been one thousand and fifty four. So this is two days ago. So now 1,056 days since the Titans last lost to the Colts. And Ryan Tannehill is 6-1 and one versus the Colts, straight up in his career. Hammer them. Love that. Uh, I'm glad we're getting these out of the way early. The New York Giants travel to South Beach to take on the Miami Dolphins. We'll start with the Giants. Um, Daniel Jones could be bad. <laughs> It's not really could? looking that good. He could be bad. Chandler? He could be bad. He could be bad. Uh, Monday night was not great. Saquon out. That always hinders Daniel Jones. I've said that from the beginning. But th- I mean, it's just bad if you're in New York for and a Giants fan. Um, you know, the defense has not looked very good. We were. I I feel like we were all in agreement that they could have a good defense this year. I don't see that at all. Um, uh, I mean, it's not good enough, Blaine. For what they have on the offensive side of the football, they don't have weapons. When Saquon's out, that offense is really inept. And even with him in, it hasn't looked that great. Um, And they're walking into a bad spot on Sunday. Um, The line's 11. It's huge. That's a ton, um, especially after a team that just got kind of Weird swing for the Dolphins here, going from destroying an opponent to then getting destroyed. How do they respond to that? You would think kind of if they were just medium, like going back into it neutral, they're better 
than the Giants. I'm going Dolphins here, and I'm going to take them with the points. I guess. All right. Yeah. The, I mean, it, it's 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 just I. Like, how are they going to stop Tyreek? Yeah, they can't do it. They can't get after the passer well enough yet to where I can see. So, Dolphins. Blank. Yeah, it, the only reason I have hope here for New York is they look decent against San Fran, that game we all watched. I mean, San Fran struggled for a little bit, and then Purdy got comfortable with 20-yard out routes that were wide open to Kittle. But that was just about – I mean, the Giants had a chance there for a while, and I like to see that against the best offense in the NFL. But, I mean – Yes, Daniel Jones has sucked so bad, and I, I want to just continue to rail you for it, Chandler, but I can't because the offensive line has just been horrific. Horrific. 11 sacks. Those 11 sacks are not on Daniel Jones. They're not. And I don't care if you're Patrick Mahomes. If you have somebody in your face, 50% of the downs, you're not going to be a good quarterback. You're simply not. No Saquon last week. Is he back this week? If he is, then 11 points is a lot, and I would somewhat think that the Giants can start to try to figure out their passing game. A little bit. I mean, Miami allows a 29th, 28th uh, worst rate from wide receivers in the NFL. 29th worst best completion percentage to opposing quarterbacks. Miami's secondary is bad. Uh, it's been exploited throughout the year, and it was exploited yesterday, or Sunday by Josh Allen, and it has been exploited by Herbert and everybody they've played. So if, if there's a spot for Daniel Jones to do something, this is it. Who bounces back better? You both got blown out. You got to go to Miami. I... I say all this as if I'm picking New York and I have New York circled, but I think I'm going to flop again. My second flop of the year that I just, I, I got to ride with Miami here because you're right. I mean, New York has not shown anything for me to put my money on them at all, but there is a chance that I think they're better than they have been all year here, guys. I really do. Well, that Blaine, let's go dimes. Just a, it's just a huge number and kind of like the Steelers one earlier, like real money. I'm, I like, could, I could not convince myself to lay, to, you know, to put 11 plus 11 on the Giants. Like, I just, I would not want to do that. The Giants, if you just, let's just remove the Cardinal game. The, they, they won 31 to 28 against the Cardinals. If you remove that game, they're, they're 0-3 and they've been outscored 94 to 15. That is, that's terrible. And uh, they stand at 1-3 right now. Uh, they've already played like three games in prime time and they've just lost all three of them and been terrible. And guess what? We get them back in prime time in two weeks. So thank God that the big New York market is putting that garbage team on, on my TV again in a couple of weeks. Chandler, I think I'm going to do a, uh, I've been doing this podcast long enough. I think I have this authority. Um, So Blaine, if you would get a piece of paper and a pen and keep track here, kind of like we did in the preseason when we would do our predicted schedules and we would have Chandler go through a team and, and Blaine would keep track. The Giants are one in three. They have the hardest strength of schedule remaining in the league the rest of the way. Chandler, I legitimately want you to tell me what you think each game and we'll see what they end up at. Okay. Are you, are you down to play? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. This is just wins and losses. This has nothing to do with the spread. So Okay. No analysis. Wins or losses. Back to the preview shows. Okay. So at Miami. Loss. At Buffalo. And by the way, that's in prime time. Win. 
okay, this is not serious. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you think they're going to go to Buffalo and win? Yeah, I believe in dimes. Against the best defensive front in the NFL. Okay. Who gave up 11 sacks last week. <laughs> okay, so they win that one. Then, they go, then they're home against the Commanders. Oh. Loss. And they're home against the Jets in a battle for MetLife. Win. Then they're uh, they're at the Raiders. Win. At the Cowboys. Loss. At Commanders. Loss. Home versus New England. <laughs> Stinky tag. <laughs> Stinky game. Ten to seven. Win. <laughs> Home versus the Packers. Loss. At New Orleans. Oh, he might die in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, loss. At Philly. Loss. Home versus the Rams. Bad loss. Home versus Philly. Loss. That is, and what was that, Blaine? Five and 12. And that's oh. with you picking them over Buffalo. Yeah. Four and 13. If. A brain says it. And they just uh, I have Daniel a brain, Blaine, and they are going to beat Buffalo. <laughs> They're going to beat Buffalo in Buffalo. I'm telling you. Right. Battle of New York. But, yeah, Giants are abysmal. Jones, I, he's my guy. We're riding with him. The New Orleans Saints go to Foxborough to take on the Patriots. Potential stinky tag here. Want to maybe get you guys' thoughts on that if we want to give one out here at the end of this preview. But, um this these are bad teams. These are just bad, weird franchises right now with with a lot of question marks all up and down the franchise. I think it starts with the head coaches. I seriously think there can be a, a question mark on Bill Belichick right now. I really do. I think that it's just like an old way of doing things. I don't think he has adjusted well enough to where his franchise is in the best place to be. He just brings back J.C. Jackson. That's a weird move to me. I didn't understand that at all. They already dealt him away, and you're going to get back a guy that has a bunch of baggage going on right now? Just a weird, weird situation right now in New England, something that we're not really used to. And the Saints, we've already kind of alluded to them in the earlier in the show. But, like, what are they? Like, they're pretty decent defensively, but the Buccaneers exposed them. They really couldn't do anything offensively. We saw what Kamara did. I mean, 13 catches for 33 yards, that's abysmal. But, like, if they can get him going, if Kamara had 13 catches for 70 yards, we'd be having a whole different narrative on this team, I feel like, right now. Kamara back for the Saints, I think that's big. I don't think that the Patriots' offense is good enough to move the ball good enough on the Saints' defense. Saints plus one on the road. I'm taking the Saints here, but I don't love it. And... Got to show me something, Derek Carr. I guess, Blaine. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing here is Derek Carr. He's he's been worse than I expected, and I didn't expect him to be good. And Olave, I thought would have a hell of a year. Michael Thomas with Kamara and everybody involved, like that offense should be good, guys, and it's not. But if you're talking about bad offenses, you got to talk about New England. They're converting at the worst percentage offensively on third down and in the red zone in the NFL. Mac Jones just can't make a play. He can't. He's he does, their weapons are okay, 
but they're bottom tier. I, I don't know how to explain it. You get some guys that that look good week one, and there's possibility. I thought the Patriots could be a sneaky team in the East, and now you're looking at them as one of the worst teams in the NFL. I just feel like I've seen enough of New Orleans and Derek Carr that I know they stink to where I'm just going to go head coaching-wise here. Belichick at home against a, a game he really wants to and needs to win. <clears throat> I'm good with the stinky tag on this, Chandler. I really am, Johnny. I want you to say if you are too, but I think I'm going to ride New England. I said they're better than everybody thought they were a few weeks ago, and I just I kind of got to stick to my guns there. I think they're going to win this football game. Easy stinky tag. Uh, it, it, this is uh, – I mean, listen to some of this stuff. The over-under is 40 and a half. Neither of these teams scored an offensive touchdown last week. The Patriots, it wow. was the worst, the worst margin of, a, of loss in Belichick's 29-year head coaching career, 35-point loss. Um, <laughs> neither of these teams have scored over 20 points in a game this season. The Saints have a total of 62 points this year. The Patriots, 55. Keep in mind, Miami had seven against the Broncos a couple weeks ago, like this is the stinkiest of all stinky tags. Huh. Um, so give me in this spot, give me the – oh, and the Patriots lost Matt Judon. Uh, did, I don't know if you guys said that. Sorry, I, I, didn't, I didn't see that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. No, I he, missed he, that. He like, tore his bicep. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So uh, – and Derek Carr's got a bum shoulder. Um, the only thing that could save this game, Blaine, is Jameis. That's the only thing that could save this game. And it, <laughs> and he could save it with 400 yards passing, or he could save it with two fumbles and four picks. It would, uh, it, it, that is the only thing that will save this. The Mac Jones situation is obviously tumultuous. I don't know if they're going to bench him yet, but it looks like they could go to Zappi, who also stinks. The, uh, the Patriots will always have their uh, – their their Super Bowl championships, the Tom Brady and Belichick years, of course. But with each game, that is just getting further and further in the rear view. They are going in the worst direction possible. I mean, legitimately, yeah. they are going down a bad road in New England. But the Saints are too, man. I, they gave Jameis a chance, and they did. And he threw one ball, and that one ball was picked off. Like, God, dude, come on, come on. If you're just waiting on the sideline, you go in, just don't throw a pick. Like, just throw it out of bed. I don't know. Do something else and throw a pick. God, because the Saints need him. I mean, Derek Carr is obviously the worst quarterback right now in the NFL outside of who? Can you name a other than Daniel, Daniel Jones. Jones and Kenny Pickett? No, those are the two other ones. Max Jones. Yeah, well, I guess you're right. So, I don't know. This game sucks. I'll take the Patriots. I didn't say it, bud, but uh, good God. I mean, this is stinky. I could smell this game. I'm on the Saints. Blaine, what are you on? I, I'm on the Patriots. Yeah, I'm on the Patriots. I'm on the Patriots. Wow, back-to-back -back games where it's me versus the world here. Uh, no, actually, no, I guess not because I was on the Dolphins. Are you on the Saints? You just – Chandler, you, earlier in the show, you were all – enough with the saints and now yeah but i'm here but i'm i'm on them here i've i've got to i'm trying to beat you guys i'm trying to beat you guys come on right. <laughs> let's go saints the atlanta falcons host the houston texans two very scrappy teams guys scrappy is a great way to describe these teams kind of like johnny alluded to earlier with the jaguars 
Jaguars offense looked a little like kind of sluggish. I think it's just because Atlanta kind of plays that kind of game. And Houston coming in, riding a pretty awesome offensive day against a really, really good defense. They've got to have a lot of confidence coming over there. And I think Atlanta's kind of an interesting spot here. Two two points at home favorite. I love that. How can the Texans match the Falcons' physicality? They did against the Steelers. Can you do that two weeks in a row? If you do that two weeks in a row, I think that this is a legitimately decent team, the Texans. I think that's tough to do for a very young franchise and a young team with the young people in charge and in leadership roles on with and without this roster. I think that the Falcons are an interestingly sneaky good pick here because I think the Texans high, how do they respond to blowing out a team in the NFL? A lot of youth, as I've already mentioned, Falcons coming back off of a loss back in their, you know, normal routine at home. I like the Falcons here, guys. I really do, Johnny. I do not. Uh, I, 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 I like have, like I almost got an eye disease. I felt like watching that Falcons game in London. I, dude, how does Desmond Ritter respond from that performance? That was it, it was like the Mac Jones one. Like you could see the fear in his eyes of the like. He's like, oh my god, the next time I throw the ball, I'm going to make another mistake. I mean, this guy is like begging to throw pick sixes, and uh, they, they had trouble moving the football. And I just think this is a Texans team playing with a lot of moxie right now. You know, I I, I do like your point that it would make complete sense that the Texans just lay an egg here. It would it would make complete sense. But what really fixes all of that is when like the whole team fully believes in the quarterback and they believe in that quarterback over there. Um, Stroud's slinging that thing, man. He's doing a really good job. Those receivers look like they're playing well. You know, the, the Texans overall, you know, they don't have many names that are going to jump off of the, the stat sheet, right? Like they're not going to impress you with that many people. Their offensive line's banged up, but good quarterback play is the great equalizer in this league, and it elevates everybody. It elevates the defense. It gives people hope, and it makes them believe and then you pair that with a captivating head coach that also makes these guys buy into where they're going. You know, this is a, a franchise that candy ass uniforms, some, you know, some uh, not no history. They were an expansion team, David Carr, like all this stuff, you know, right? Like Mario Williams, JJ Watt was wasted there. They never got hey, the quarterback. Johnson. Yeah. They, they, they never got the quarterback right. And, you know, Things could go wrong. It, 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 Stroud could play poorly, and this could be like some weird fluke. I'm tending to lean on that that he's legit. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just know with these guys, right? He's just right away the clear best quarterback from that class. And he, why wouldn't he continue it here against a Falcons team who's coming back from London bruised and battered? And yeah. these guys are fired up. This this game's really interesting. It it it's. Who is the better team? Like across these games, you should know. Like one of the other teams is better, but this game, I have no clue. I don't know who Atlanta is, and I really am, am starting to try to figure out who Houston is. But Houston, what they've been able to do, like you're talking about with the with the offensive linemen being down, I, it doesn't make sense. Stroud's been pressured heavily. Still looked amazing. I mean, he's the rookie of the year by far right now, but. Ritter's been the worst in the NFL, guys. He's averaging 156 yards through the air. 
156. That is horrible. But he's he a, has threat, Blaine. There's not, no, he's not even a threat. But right. he he has played good defenses and good secondaries, I guess I should say. Packers, Lions, Jags. Houston has looked decent. They're not as good as those three teams in the secondary. My only thing here is, is what's Stroud going to do if Atlanta does try to, you know, really mix it up? They have four DBs that are B to B plus to A in their secondary. Atlanta secondary is pretty good. Got Jesse Bates, AJ Terrell. Like a lot of these guys are are known commodities in the NFL. <sighs> It's a battle of who can throw the football, and I don't think Ritter can. If Bijan goes for 150-plus, they win this game. But I, something about me just says Stroud has to has a get, have a game at some point to where he gets a little bit bruised and picked off. And I think this might be the game. With that said, I'm still going Houston because I'm riding my Stroud <laughs> take until I die. <laughs> I love that. I really do. Well, last week you guys both were off of the Texans, and I, the long, t- the longtime Stroud guy, of course, never was. Yeah, come on, Bryce. Anybody else in that class? Yeah, <laughs> obviously I'm the Stroud guy. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, that Stroud's good. Battle of the Cats in the Motor City. The Carolina Panthers travel to the Detroit Lions to take on the Lions at Ford Field. Interesting game here. And I think it has everything to do with the number here. So I want you to have that in the back of your head as I go through this game. Lions, awesome win last Thursday night at Lambeau. Um, You know, I think that we need to start maybe evaluating, like, you know, that seems like a spot where Dan Campbell lets the guys slip, like the camp counselor vibe that we always talk about. Short week, got to get fired up for a divisional opponent, a place where you had success last year. You knew that the Packers – we're going to be fired up to get some revenge. Um, that was a tough game for them to go in there and win, and they really did it. And they did it convincingly, and they really dominated the Packers for four quarters, in my opinion. I think that's an awesome win for them. With that being said, Carolina, 0-4, desperate on the road, plus 10. Guys, that's so much for a franchise who literally did this exact same thing where they won on a Thursday night, took 10 days off, and came out and were sluggish in, in week two, if you want to call it that, the week following a huge win. You could argue for the Detroit Lions, that was a bigger win than the Chiefs game. And so how do you respond to that? Back at Ford Field, same setting, same everything. Panthers desperate for a win. I love the Lions to win this game. I think they win it. Guys, I'm taking Carolina plus 10 and see if I can get a game on one of you two nice. here this week. That's a bold take. Lions win, Panthers cover. Nice. Yeah. No, the the only problem I have is Carolina's 18 points or less in three of the last four games. And the one time they scored was when Sam scored more than 18 was when Sam Darnold was the starting quarterback. Uh, you know, I like Sanders, Sanders and Hubbard, but I've said that all year long, all off season, but they haven't been able to get going because Carolina's offensive line stinks. And what is, what, what's the Lions MO pressure the quarterback. They pressured love over 40% of the time. Last week, without blitzing, they blitzed less than 75% of the time. Like, they just didn't blitz. They can get home. Their front is amazing. And so, you're. I just don't know if Bryce Young in Detroit, a fired-up Detroit, who thinks we're one, they are one of the best teams in the NFC, can get going. It's tough. Because, like I said, the Lions can just play like seven men in their secondary and still be fine. And on top of that, the Lions have the best rushing defense in the NFL. They've allowed the less 
the least, excuse me, amount of rushing yards in the NFL so far. So I just that's it's just a bad match. I love Carolina bouncing somewhere and trying to get something going, but it seems like Detroit is the worst team for them to play right now. And that's why this thing has gone from nine to ten. Cause I don't see how Detroit doesn't blow them out. And you might get me one on here, Chandler, but nothing has pointed me to think that Carolina can move the football. Nothing. This is a hard one uh, to, this is a hard one for me to gamble on because every fiber of my being screams Detroit blows this team out. But you Chandler, you make a good point. Like, the car the 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 sorry the panthers they they gotta have it it's like the in the in the pros it's a little bit different they gotta have something here um and they're gotta have it might be enough just to cover i just do not see an instance where um where detroit loses this game um there, there's so many weird things going on too with with the panthers in their process they're saying now that the Panthers are they are hell bent on getting a number one receiver, a true number one. When the Bears traded them and they got DJ Moore out of there, and even if they didn't believe in DJ Moore being a true number one, who are they going to go get to be their number one? That 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 player doesn't exist. And then I read today that the Panthers are uh, a, a rumored target for the Panthers would be Marquise Hollywood Brown. And it's oh. like, what is your process here? It, it obviously they've said, and Frank Reich said this, that uh, Bryce is their guy. Like it, it has to be Bryce, right? They're not, that they're questioning it, but like, they're going to build it around Bryce. And that's where it came where they're saying, you know, they're saying we got to go get a number one. And it's like, the Bears tried to trade you for Brian Burns, and you said no. So you gave him DJ Moore, and now you're saying you want to go get a number one wide receiver to fix your team's offense, which is terrible. And nobody's going to give you that guy. Like, what are you going to go out and get Justin Jefferson? Is is that the move you're going to go do? Like, they're, they're not going to let him out of the building. So I think the Panthers and they're just. They are one of those bottom five irrelevant franchises in, in the league. And they got the number one pick. They got a coach that they liked. And it's just not started good. It's not started well for them at all. And I just don't like them uh, one bit in this spot. And add on top of that, it's in Detroit and Jamison Williams is coming yeah. back. Yeah, like, that's what I was going to say. Yep. Jamison Williams. Yep. Dude, I did like. 44 and a half like I could take like the under and the lions here and I would be totally comfortable with that and um I yeah that's that's what I'm gonna do the Cincinnati Bengals travel west to take on the Arizona Cardinals potential stinky tag guys on this game but I think it's a frisky tag I think it's too frisky for it to not be a to be a stinky tag here excuse me Bengals we'll start there they look inept they looked horrible in Nashville on Sunday. I watched pretty much that entire game, and it's just not clicking right now for Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals offense. I actually thought their defense played decent against the Titans, but this offense just put them on the field incredibly too too often, and the Titans eventually found a lot of success against this Bengals defense. 
Blaine alluded to it with his overreaction from week four. Josh Dobbs and the Cardinals are hungry. I think that this team is one of the hungriest one in three teams we've ever seen in league history with their ability to have literally nobody on their roster but like Marquise Brown and Rondale Moore, like James Conner. Hold on. I'll but, say something. Okay, but let me do that, you know, and then you go in depth. Cardinals, they're frisky here. They're three-point dogs at home against a Bengals team who has not been able to do anything all year. And, I mean, the Cardinals' defense, guys, is good. It's holding teams. I mean, it's it's battling in games. They hung with the Niners a bit, I would say. I think this is a horrible spot for Cincinnati. In, in the desert, give me the Cardinals plus three. I'm not kidding. Blaine. I have had a hard time not doing the same thing, Chandler, because the Bengals stink. Like they are, they are bad. Now I think I'm going to pick the Bengals as as we go on here. But here it Burrow, is. Bur- no, shut up, Burrow. <laughs> <laughs> Burrow is. I mean, what do you do? Seriously, what do you do? He gives a he gives defensive coordinator such an advantage because he can't move. Mixon hasn't been able to get going, and they're running five-yard out routes all day long, and they're trying to put out combos to do things. And Burrow does not have the velocity on his ball. He does not have the movement. He are not, they're not able to do what they want to do at all. No Hurst with him moving on. It just is a weird offense and a weird team that the Cardinals, why not? They're hot. Chandler, you're right. They're hot. And one guy you didn't mention, that's why I said hold on, Michael Wilson. 237 so far this year. Two touchdowns last week against San Fran, one of the best defenses in the NFL. That guy, I said on some of the pre-pod stuff when we were doing preseason stuff during the draft, I thought he was a guy that the Chiefs might target because he had a super, super great senior bowl. Third-round pick out of Stanford for the Cardinals, they hit on this guy. Keep an eye on him. If he's on a waiver wire or somewhere, he might be for some of you guys that are listening fantasy-wise. Pick him up. Marquise Brown. Ertz, they've all done well. Dobbs has done well. And Cincinnati really misses Bates and some of those guys in the secondary that they they uh and Bell that they they don't have anymore. And I think it could be close. It's three for a reason. If you would have told me this game was three, even two weeks ago with, with the Bengals slipping, I would have said you were crazy, but I don't know. I gotta go Bengals just because at some point they gotta bounce back, right? At some point, maybe it's here. And the Cardinals might not be as good as we think, but Johnny, Johnny, before you go, real quick, Johnny, yeah, before you yeah. go, real quick, dude. Just side note: Blaine loves the Senior Bowl. I dude, do. The dude, Chiefs draft off of it. Dude's obsessed with it. I love it. Go it's ahead, great. Bob. It's great. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's no, the Senior Bowl is cool. I like the Senior Bowl. There's some there's some good stuff that happens yeah, there. Now, yeah, I mean, where players show up and make plays before the draft. If you want to make a name for yourself, make a name for you. Show you're a playmaker. Maybe you run a 4-5 like Michael Wilson does. He runs a 4-5-8. Draft was not his, – his combine, not that good. But he had a hell of a senior bowl, and he just put up two touchdowns against San Fran. So he's a playmaker. That's where you show it. Sorry. <laughs> does this game feel like Vegas wants you to bet Arizona? Yes. Yeah. I'll so even I admit that. And I'm, I'm taking the Cardinals, and I'll admit that. I want to bet Cincinnati on this one. Like it's a must win. I I know it's been bad. I picked the Bengals last week. It was awful. It's just like you know, I, I, Burrow in a must win. Like 
in a you know they want to compete in the AFC. I mean, they lose this game; they're one and four. Really, have a v- very close to being zero and five. And um, you know, Jamar Chase is in the locker room saying, "I'm always fucking open." And I, I really do think that like he didn't mean to say fucking like it was just after the game and stuff like that. But like, not good that he's having those thoughts, kind of going a little bit diva there. Even though he's a phenomenal talent, and he he probably. I'm just going to go on a limb and say he's not lying. He he is always open. He is that good. Um, Orlando Brown's not been very good for them this year. Um, and he was limited in practice today. T. Higgins was DNP today. The Bengals have scored six points total on the road this season. They're on the road in this spot. And having said all that, I want to take Cincinnati minus three. One thing I do want to say too for the Cardinals, um, Paris Johnson has been pretty good for them. They that, that was he was the first offensive lineman taken off the board. They traded back, uh, or they traded um, back in the first round, and then they traded up to pick six to get him. Um, so yeah, that's, that was a good pick by them. I bring that up because I, I told all my Chicago Bears friends that that's the player they should have gone to get. Um, Paris Johnson and they then they didn't end up doing that. So yeah, uh, give me the Bengals. The Philadelphia Eagles head west to take on the Los Angeles Rams. Overreaction week four, Chandler Collins all over the LA Rams. Plus four and a half at home. I love it. I absolutely love it here. I really think that if the lost I think the biggest key to success here. I think Philly's offense is good. Don't get me wrong. I think I'm a little bit higher on Jalen Hurts and some members of this podcast. But one member of this podcast has really, really been kind of transforming my thoughts on him. But I think that the biggest matchup here is the secondary against the Rams wide receiving core. I think that right now the Rams can absolutely toss the ball around the yard. I think that's been their success to this season. And McVeigh is kind of in his bag, it feels like right now. And Stafford is loving what's in the bag. And I think when you have a head coach and a uh, quarterback on the same page like this, you're a tough team to beat, especially on the road and especially on a, a long travel like this is. Um, Rams plus four and a half. I love it. I'm going with that. Eagles, I already I know all about the Eagles. I feel like I know the Eagles inside and out. I think their recipe is very obvious and it's a great recipe do not get me wrong i think the philadelphia eagles are very good they're four and oh for a reason um i think one of their strengths is their ability to shorten games i think that's one of the chiefs weaknesses um and i think that they're in a weird spot here um they've been in close games all season um they've got to have some sort of letdown and i think this they might win this game but not by more than a field goal. The Rams are going to keep this one close yeah. up on the Rams here. Plus four and a half, Johnny. I really like that too. Uh, and that seems like something that would be fun to put some money on. Cooper cup is pushing to play uh, in this spot. Um, I, I just, I think that would be fun. And I, I was looking at the money line in this one at plus 180, and that might be something that where I, you know, where I think that looks fun, and then I immediately regret it after the game kicks off and Philly blows them out <laughs> um, because they can't protect against this against this yeah. front. So 
That's, yep. You know, that, that, that was a lot, you know, just from a pure football perspective, going to be really fun to watch Aaron Donald. And then on the flip side, going to be really fun to watch Jalen Carter. He's they've both been really good this year. Um, so yeah, I, you know, from a X's and O's perspective, I, I think that there are some mismatches here, but you already took the one about the wider series versus the secondary. So I'll, I'll stick to what I said at the beginning. I'll take the Rams. Yeah. 50 and a half is the over under. I think that is a little high, but if I'm going to bet the Rams, I feel like it's going to be a high scoring oh, game. Oh, yeah. So fuck I it, think, dude, fuck I think it. that's going to get crushed. Give me yeah. the Rams, the Rams and the over, and I might be living in a gutter after Sunday. I could see like a 33 24 game. Like, yeah, the over. I really yeah. do. I can see a similar game last week 29 23 Colts. Game went into OT for the Rams. I mean, the Rams just played everybody close outside of beating Seattle by 20. I mean, played the Rams or played the Niners close. Bengals got beat by three. It's a weird – this is just a really weird L.A. Rams team. I don't know what their defense is outside of Aaron Donald, though. But their cornerbacks, who we couldn't name a single one of them, and if you pulled up the roster, I would not know where they came from, when they were drafted, or anything. But they've been decent. I saw something earlier that they're all above seventy percent, um, or seventy point, like seventy point five rating as far as coverage goes. So that's, I mean, that's good. And we know Jalen Hurts can't throw the football. That's obvious, right? <laughs> but the big thing here, Darius Slay, Chandler, you said it. Darius Slay is allowing over a hundred rating to opposing wide receivers, the secondary of Philadelphia stinks, and Higby, 2-2, Punitakua, they're all sneaky, man. <laughs> it's just the worry I have is can the Rams' offensive line keep Philly away from Stafford? Stafford's been pressured the 29th most in the NFL so far this year, which he's still been able to sling the pill beside it, but this is just a different front. Just a completely different front in the Eagles that I don't care if it's a battle line or what. If you Stafford, he's kind of been hobbling around. The worry I have here is Stafford is stagnant. They're going to get his ass on the ground, and the the Rams are not going to be able to have a great passing attack as they have. Johnny? Yeah. That Stafford injury really needs to be looked at. It was his hip, and Mm -hmm. he's an old man, so, like, you just – and now it was crazy, though. I mean, you know, he probably got a shot or I don't know. Or maybe he's just – I mean, he's he's always been a tough son of a bitch. But, he, dude, he was slinging the ball like a shortstop. Like, he looked like some vintage Stafford last week. Um, and just, like, the zip on the ball and how fluid – he is really fun to watch when he is at his best. Um, it can be a bit of a disaster when he's not. So, hopefully they get his best here. And if – you know, I'm really excited to see what it looks like with Cooper and Puka out there. Puka Nakua has 501 receiving yards, guys. Like, this is – like, that's not a fluke. I'm not – Go, Blaine, yeah. No, I'm all over Tutu Atwell. I think I'm taking Tutu Atwell over this game prop. I don't know. I, I haven't been able to see it yet, but I know it'll be around 40 yards. Take it over. Take it over right now. Because they're going to try to double Puka, and they're going to try to go on cup. Tutu Atwell is going to have a hell of a game here, and I have him in fantasy, and he's going to have a nice year. He's had a hell of a first four weeks. Outside of last week, he's been phenomenal. I think that's the play on this game is Tutu Atwell over receiving yards just because I just don't trust that the Rams can really play with them. Stafford's had his best 
first four games of his career, guys. And it, it's it's, it's got to come down at some point. And obviously this front is the team and the Eagles that can make him worse. I have a I, I have really a question mark here, but I, I'm going to go Eagles. I'm going to go Eagles. I think they'll get after Stafford. Hate it. Blaine, it's 53 and a half on 2-2. I'm just, just off of a quick Twitter search. See, this one says 51 and a half. So it's around 50 to 53 and a half. So that's, that's high. That's high. That, mean, that just means Take he it. needs I'm taking those, it. He needs that deep ball to hit. Like yeah, he will. We're going to take a shot to him, and he needs to catch it. He's, he's been targeted over eight times every game. So give him four for 10. It'll, it'll be fine. So, okay, last thing, too, on this game. I want to ask – I've been meaning to ask you guys this since you both pl- played football. What would you guys do? Or I mean, I know no one's really been able to do it yet, but, like, what is a defense supposed to do to stop the tush push? Like, what, what – like – Hope they full start, dude. Literally nothing. Like the freaking commander's D tackle had his hand lined up on the football in front. Like literally, Jason Kelsey had the ball out, and the D tackle's hand was on the football, and they still couldn't stop it. So what do you do? You go three defensive tackles right at the center. Well, then they're going to audible at the line of scrimmage and go pitch or 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 a lead to the right side just in in three gap instead of one. Like it. I it's, think it's, maybe I think maybe seriously one of the best ways to do it would literally be to send a guy and hope you time the snap and jump yeah. over the line and and yank Jalen back just right. try to grab him and fucking yeah. pull him safety coming over to the top and diving yeah, yeah. so but boom. that's I mean that's impossible to do. Booger McFarlane was on a competing podcast which will remain nameless. Yeah, I heard this talking too. about that right. Like he and you know it's like a. The media, um, which we're obviously members of too, Big J's over here. The media like, doesn't like to say this. You know, he 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 wanted to say this, but he really didn't. It's like the way to stop it is to have a play like that, and you have to like you have to hit the shit out of the quarterback. You yeah. have to like make him not want to do it. And so, like you know, we don't want to say that. The media doesn't want to say that. I'll say it. Like you're gonna have to beat up Jalen Hurts to make them stop doing that or make them reconsider doing that. I don't know if anyone's going to be able to do that. He's a pretty tough son of a bitch, and I, I don't know. And if you guys have any more, you can say it because I want to ask you a different question about the tush push. The, the, only, the only thing I have is the only other way you do it is Aaron Donald, and the Rams do have that. <laughs> That's about yeah, it. Yeah, that helps. Um, yeah, he trains with knives when he's doing his hand movements, so maybe he can just bring the knife in his – in his pocket out there. Yeah, they're dull. So then last thing, and I know we got other games to get to, but are you guys on the side of this this play needs to be banned? No. Not at I'm all. Not either. Not no, so I'm not either. Not. I wish the fucking Chiefs would do the tush push. Yeah. We it's have the, we have the best interior O we have a better interior O line than the fucking Eagles and we don't do the tush push. Right. We don't run it up the middle yeah. on fourth down, Chandler. Yeah. I'm sick of that bullshit. Get the fucking first down. How about that? You know? Quit worrying about who's in the stands and fucking get the first down. <laughs> the New York Jets go to Denver to take on the Denver Broncos Sunday afternoon. Guys, this is an easy stinky tag. This game screams to me 6-3 to three, um, because while I think that the Jets' offense was great Sunday night, Zach Wilson had the best game of his entire career. There's no way that he's going to do better than that. And 
I think that this Jets defense is really damn good. And I think that's a bad recipe for the Jets to win this game, in my opinion. I think that the Broncos are going to be able to do, weirdly enough, defensively to slow down this Jets team, a team that's coming into mile high, a tough place to play. Um, And the Broncos are desperate. They finally have a taste of winning. This is a good spot for them to win two in a row, in my opinion. Um, The question is, though, can this Broncos offense do enough against this Jets defense? And I don't know that 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 can be answered. I really don't. And I think that I'm leaning towards no. That's why I love six to three, like a freaking 55-yard field goal from Denver and then a 59-yarder for the win to win six to three. Like, it's just like, what a weird game and stinky. And it's going to kind of be fun, kind of, because I want to see both these teams burn. I'm going to take the Jets just because I hate the Broncos, um, just for the hell of it. I have no really rhyme or reason, guys. I really don't. This game is confusing. Johnny? Uh, so I obviously made my feelings about Denver clear. My gut is telling me this is a spot where Denver gets their second win in a row and then goes to Arrowhead on a short week. Um, now, by the end of this spiel, I might change that. This So the, the, the Broncos defense is like it's really bad. And uh, Randy Gregory was released by their team this week. Not that he was contributing very much. But this is a defense that other, other than Pat Sertan, um, is, is just not very good. And um, li- listen to this stat. Broncos defense PPR fantasy points allowed to running backs since week two. I know, okay, that was a – but Brian Robinson, 26.9. Devon Achan, 51.3. Mostert, 45.2. Khalil Herbert, 22.2. And what news came out from New York this week? Brees Hall is, is off of his snap count. He's going to be the lead back, full go. We saw him last week. He was a Brian Cook, open field, unbelievable tackle away from taking the ball to the house uh, on on a very long run. And so I think this could be a Brees Hall week in terms of fantasy. Uh, 43 and a half is the over under. And if you were to say that a couple of weeks ago, based off of the Jets offense, I'd I don't know that 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 I would have thought it was like 39 and a half. Um, so Vegas thinks there's going to be a little bit more points scored here. So uh, having filibustered for a little bit, I am not ever going to attach my name to the Broncos in real life. So I'll take the Jets plus one and a half. Although I think the Broncos are probably going to win this game. Yeah. Good spot for Zach Wilson. I don't. I have zero notes on this game because I don't care about this game. I'll make that clear. But off the top of my head, Zach Wilson has the best game of his career. Then he goes to Denver. Denver has the worst passing defense in the NFL statistically. The worst. They can get things going with Brees, as as you meant, as you guys mentioned, that uh, they're giving up some big time stuff to running backs. That two combined, if New York gets going offensively, then they're a completely different football team. They're really tough to beat. They really are. But on the flip side, I think you're talking too lightly about Denver's offense. Russ hasn't been horrible, and I hate to say it, but he really hasn't. It's been a lot of second-half ball games that he's come alive. But, I mean, second, 33 Commanders, they didn't look great against the, the Raiders, but second-half second Dolphins, fine. Looked pretty good against the Bears, second half. Like, I, I just don't know. I, I really don't know what Denver's offense looks like. I have no clue. 
But I do have an idea of what their defense looks like, and it's bad. And I think if Zach Wilson can get going here, then the Jets can win this football game. So I'll, I'll clearly, go Jets. Clearly the best overall defense. They played Washington, of course. This is right. I mean, this this is a nasty front. So I'm very right. curious to see how Russ responds to that because we've seen he he doesn't want to get hit. Yep, and that's why I'm going Jets. Is that exactly what you're saying? Is I, I just don't know what Denver is, and I know what what the Jets can put on the field. They, I mean, Mahomes went 18 for 30 last week. What do you think Russ is going to do, Jets? Jets across the board, leading us into Sunday night football. Maybe the best matchup of the week outside of the Chiefs game. The Dallas Cowboys goes to San Francisco to take on the San Francisco 49ers. What an awesome Sunday night game. This is an awesome game um, to to break, to end the Sunday slate. Dallas plus three and a half on the road. Interesting number there, but I think it's about accurate. I, I that That's kind of what scares me. This feels like this is going to come down to the wire, and it's a great number, and Dallas keeps it within because I do think that the Niners are the better football team, but I think this game is simple for me. It comes down to the quarterbacks. Which quarterback has the better night? It really is because you're going to have a tough matchup either side of the football, no matter which quarterback you are. Dak Prescott obviously going against the Niners defense and Brock Purdy going against the Cowboys defense, who had a great week last week. After I don't I don't put a lot of stock into that Cardinals game. I really don't. I actually think that the Rams game in or excuse me, the Eagles game in L.A. reminds me of that game where they kind of snooze into that arena and get kind of down, and then they can't recover. I think the Cowboys are up for this game big time. Um, It's just a matter of can they take away all those weapons. Christian McCaffrey having an unbelievable season. I can't believe he's not higher in the MVP odds because this guy is doing unspeakable numbers week in and week out, and that's a lot to take on right there. Then you have Kittle. You have Debo Samuel. You have Brandon Ayuk on the perimeter. That's a lot for a Cowboys defense. The equalizer is Micah Parsons. Can he make Brock Purdy's life miserable? And I think the answer is yes. I think the Cowboys keep it within the number. I'm going to go Dallas plus three and a half, but I think the Niners win this game, Blaine. Yeah, no, this is uh, – I have no notes on this game either. Back-to-back no notes for me because we know who both of these teams are. It's the two best defenses in the NFL and the two best offenses in the NFL and arguably two of the best teams in the NFL going head-to-head. It's like 1990 all over again. The rivalry they used to have was phenomenal, and now you get it back. This is good for the NFL. This Sunday night game, I mean, what more can you ask for? Can C.D. Lamb continue to be the playmaker here? That's with the San Francisco secondary. I'm curious to see what Dak does and, and how Dak responds to, obviously, a good defensive front and a good secondary what what does the Cowboys offense look like? They laid an egg a couple weeks ago, and I just I think this is a spot where Dallas, I got to ride with my stick from the early in the year. I said that Dallas was going to win the NFC and is the best team in the NFC, and I got to ride with my stick. I don't love it, but I'm going to have to continue it, and I think Dallas covers here. I do. Sorry, I couldn't find the unmute. My bad. Oh, you're um, fine. Good stuff said so far. This is this is uniform porn. The uniforms are going to be amazing in this game. Um, the Levi Stadium rocks. I like to get that the Cowboys are on the road in this position. I feel like 
Jerry always weasels his way to getting this game uh, in Dallas. I think it's cool that it's in San Fran. Um, 44 and a half seems a little low on the over under for me. Uh, and then, you know, just some of these matchups you guys are talking about are great. One thing I do want to keep tabs on Micah Parsons was a little hobbled last week. I think he just got banged up in the, like he he's practicing this week. He's fine, but just something to watch. Cause we're going to see him versus Trent Williams. We're going to see Bosa versus Tyron Smith. Like this is going to be, I mean, this is, you know, this is can't miss TV. This is like, you know, how, how probably NFC fan, you know, if you're an NFC uh, fan of an NFC, NFC team, this is probably how you're like when the Chiefs and the Bills play each other on Sunday night football. This is how, this is, this is how you'd look at it. Like, you know, as Chiefs fans, we rarely see these teams. If we do, it's, it's in the playoffs. And so we kind of just get to sit back and watch two juggernauts play each other. It's going to be really fun. Yeah. Um, having said all of that, I will take the 49ers in this spot. And here's why I actually think that there could be a chance. I would hate for this to happen, but I think there is a chance that Dallas does lay an egg in this spot. Just a little part of me thinks that like, if one of these teams is who, who is more likely to, to lose by two scores in this game, clearly it's Dallas to yeah. me. Um, you know, you could say something on the other side, like, well, maybe Dallas's pass rush just gets after Purdy's ass. I understand that with the way that they are running the football in San Francisco, I, I just don't see that happening, Blaine. I don't think Dallas has good enough linebackers, which is kind of crazy to say, but I just – that if, if, I, if I'm from a standpoint, I'm not looking at stats, I'm looking at anything, I, I, I think that San Francisco could run the football here. I really do, and I yeah. don't know if I feel the same way about Pollard yet. I still have a lot to be seen with that guy, and I just Christian McCaffrey being the playmaker he is on a Sunday night in a huge game, the year that he's having, that could be the difference. That could be the difference. And and Dallas would love to have a ball hawk like Diggs on the field here in this position, yeah. obviously out for the year to steal a possession in this game. So I, I just I, – Unless McCaffrey, knock on wood, gets hurt or something like that, the way that they're getting the ball to Debo Samuel, the way he is such a violent runner. I mean, he is – he's got to be the most violent wide receiver with the football in his hands in the entire league. He is insane. He's, I mean, he's, he, he, is, he gets, like, hurt every game because he just pushes the envelope. Yeah, and but, but I, I just keep having points coming into my head, but is this a point where Purdy, too, though – if you rely on McCaffrey too much, Purdy has been pretty much perfect throughout the year. Is this where he slips? Dan Quinn is the best coordinator in the NFL. He's shown that over the last two years. Is this where he gets a leg up on Purdy, who maybe is not as good as everybody thinks he is so far? I don't I, I don't know, guy. It's going to be fun. The formula, I think, then, Blaine, because that's a good point. The When the script goes poorly for Dallas is when Dak throws too much. When Dak right. – to throw too much right and so earlier when you said that the linebackers for Dallas probably won't be able to stop this running game for San Francisco that means they're going to bleed the clock they're going to be able to score and then Dak's going to have to throw and that's just a bad recipe for them having said all that I know you got more too I'll finish right here um I did say like if someone's going to lose by two scores it will be Dallas I'm hoping that doesn't happen I'll just take San Francisco minus three and a half and, and hopefully for have a close game 
Monday Night Football, the Green Bay Packers travel to the Las Vegas Raiders. Weird game. feel like this matchup does not happen very often, especially in Vegas. I feel like this would be more of a Lambeau matchup. But regardless, at Allegiant Stadium, Packers minus one on the road. I think this is a good spot for them. I like this road contest for them. Maybe get a little credit or, excuse me, a little experience um, on the road going to go into kind of a hostile environment. I figure there's going to be a lot of Green Bay Packers fans in attendance for this game. Um, and for that, I like the Packers in this spot. I just don't really trust the Raiders in any way, shape, or form. Um, Packers are the better team, better coached, in my opinion. And I think their defense is better, top to bottom. I think that they take away Devontae Adams. Now, I will say this, Devontae Adams' revenge game doesn't have the same stick to it as if it was Rodgers playing, to be honest. Um, and so I like the Packers here, minus one. I really do. Over, under, 44 and a half. That's an interesting number to me. I feel like that's the under. I feel this could be like a 24 to 10 type of game. Um, and Jordan Love does enough here. I think he's, guys, I think he's better than Garoppolo. Don't you? He doesn't have a high enough completion percentage for me to say that. Like I, I and now they're both just not moving the needle for me at all. And um, O'Connell did not look ready in that position either. I, you know what? For me, in this position is the biggest. I mean, maybe you want to say mismatch. The thing that stands out to me the most is that at, if I were a player, just based off of in the media what I've seen in the decade plus I've been familiar with Josh McDaniels. How could you be a player and just feel captivated to go play for that guy? He is so unlikable on the flip side. Matt LaFleur is the exact opposite. I mean, the Packers, it seems like they like this guy and Packers have been banged up. Um, Good point about their fans traveling here. I just think like Devontae Adams is already talking you know, about how uh, he's frustrated there. Um, there's been some – there was a really bad personal foul penalty on Jerry Tillery uh, last week against Justin Herbert. That's just like if you're a well-coached football team, like you're not doing shit like that. Um, I just I, – I, I, I don't like what the Raiders are doing at all. Obviously, I fucking hate the Raiders. But McDaniels is just – he seems weird. He seems grouchy. He seems unlikable. His decision-making is really poor, as we've seen. You know, last week made no fucking sense at all what they did at the end of the game. Brandon Staley shows his asshole again on the field, uh, going for it on fourth down late, doesn't get it, gives the ball back to the Raiders, and then the Raiders on fourth and 10 with Aiden O'Connell convert and then have goal to go. And they don't hand it to Josh Jacobs, who they had, who, who, who held out and they decided to pay in the offseason. You had a miracle happen. And, and this, of course, all sounds, you know, like I'm a genius in hindsight. In the moment, I just don't know how you don't think this. My middle, my my day three quarterback that I drafted just completed a miracle pass on fourth and ten. I have first down, and I have a running back who is great inside the ten yard line, is a bruiser, and I just paid a bunch of money. Why not just at least on first down give him a chance? Um, no, they throw a pick right after that, and then of course Brandon Staley's asshole showed it again 
when he told Asante Samuel to go down instead of go for a pick six. So anyways, that was a huge tangent. Give me the Packers in this position. The Raiders flat out stick. Yeah, until we're able to get more. Jimmy Garoppolo, too, still concussion protocol. Is he going to play, guys? Like, I think that's still a question mark. But it being a Monday, it's probably likely that he will play. But O'Connell got sacked, what, six times by Khalil Mack? <laughs> how, yeah. are you going, how are you going to put your money on Vegas right now whenever that happens and you don't know what quarterback position is going to be? So it's still early. Obviously, you're listening to this on Thursday, so maybe it's a Sunday bet. But I – I mean, it, I have a hard time betting Raiders, too. Yeah, Josh Jacobs, like you're talking about, Johnny, but he's carried the ball 62 times for 166 yards. That's 2.6 yards a carry. 2.6. And you, that's on. And Jimmy Garoppolo's thrown the most picks. He's thrown six picks, the most in the NFL, and he didn't even play most of the game last week. So what? if you're betting Raiders here, you must know something I don't. It's a stay-away game for me completely just because of the unknown. But I, I guess Detroit looked pretty good, but I think Detroit is just one of the better teams in the NFC. So I don't, I, I don't think that's a true tell in Green Bay here. I think Green Bay could, could win the ball game by a score here, and their fans are going to show out, as you guys said. And yeah, I'll, I'll go Green Bay just with the unknown. But it's, it's a question mark. Stay away. How do we get Max Crosby onto the Chiefs? I know it's in the division. Dude, such a waste. It is a complete waste that he is on that team. He would be instantly behind you know Patrick and Kelsey but he'd be up there with those two as my favorite Chiefs on the team but that'll never happen no that'll never happen man he would be sick I also hate that guy I really do I know you guys like him but I hate him I don't know why I hate him no I hate him but he's a he's a likable hated guy if that makes sense I just like him because he's got like he has a great a great story you know yeah a sober. Pick. Yeah. He's got a bunch of tats. He's sober. He's got a kid. Like I just like all that shit. But yeah, you know what? Yeah. Uh, you know that that was a good place to bring me back down to earth. He plays for the Raiders. He's pond scum. Fuck that guy. Well said. Well said. Jinx. Jinx. <laughs> God, I'm jinx, 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 jinx. I don't play. I don't play Quinks anymore. I play Jinx. Oh, Final my. game. Let's wrap up the show. The best game of the week. The Kansas City Chiefs travel to Minneapolis to take on the Minnesota Vikings at 325 on Sunday afternoon. Chiefs minus four and a half. And I think the recipe is simple, guys. You limit Justin Jefferson to 150 yards and you're going to win this football game. They are not anything without him. They do not do anything, in my in my opinion, that's impressive. Um, and I think this is a great spot for the Chiefs offense to really get a really uh, a confidence boost. I think there's a lot of things that this Chiefs offense can do against this Vikings defense. Chiefs offense is going to be able to run this football. Uh, Pacheco playing maybe the best football of his career right now after this past week. He's only been trending in the right direction so far this year. When we utilize him, 20 carries. He gets 15 in this game. We win by 10 score, or sorry, 10 points or more, not 10 scores. <laughs> But um, this, I just think that this Chiefs offense is too much. I really do. Um, I, as as the growing pains go, and yes, we get frustrated, and yes, it hasn't been good from the wide receiving core. This is one of the worst defenses we've played on paper going into this game this season. And I think that this is a great opportunity for guys like Sky Moore to finally break out. We say it week in and week out, but I truly believe that. Um, and I want to make this point, and I texted this in the chat today. This was a great point um, I thought I made, and I want to see what you guys think. We'll stick with the offense here. I'll open it up to you guys. 
Like, I'm Andy Reid press conference today. He was talking about how we're rotating a lot of guys in at the wide receiver room. And I, while I understand the philosophy, I just question, like, why rotate so much when you don't know what you have? You've got to try it in combinations. Give these guys some series to get into the flow of football games. You play them on the first series, and then what, you don't play them for two more series? Like, how are you supposed to stay in the game when you're going to be our number one, number two producing guys on the perimeter? I think that we've got to simplify to the wide receiver room. Quit being – use depth as a luxury, not as a necessity, and and really kind of try to figure out how to better utilize this room and get guys the amount of reps that they need because Sky Moore was zero – Catches on two targets. Two targets? Two targets. Mm-hmm. That's insane. And so I think that he just needs, he needs more snaps. He needs more run. Like, was he out there that much? I don't really think he was, guys. And this is a great spot for this Chiefs offense to really attack, really explode, and be a little bit more like the Bears week Chiefs offense than these few first few weeks of the season. Johnny, we'll start with you on the offense. You've been the Sky Moore guy the whole time. Maybe talk about that. Talk about your outlook on the game. You know the drill. Well, yeah, we, we can start there. It's not good enough at all. It's incredibly frustrating. Um, we, we, we've we talked about Sky Moore a lot, but we don't need to talk about any good because it's been mostly bad. Um, it's just not good enough, man. Like, it, and, and from the beginning – he ran a poor route on that first drive for the Chiefs, and it, and it cost them, you know, their 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 first uh, their, their their first drive there. Oh, was that the first drive? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was the first drive. So, yeah, it just it has to be better. Um, and you know, I've still got belief there. Um, but you know, I'd be lying to you if I wasn't incredibly frustrated with Sky Moore. Um, and then you know, beyond that, offensively for the Chiefs, yeah, I mean, I I really hope they lean into the success they had last week on the ground this week. I'm really looking for Travis Kelsey to get his first big game of the season. Um, I hope, you know, uh, six for 60 last week. And, you know, he had some good catches early on, but disappeared for for a lot of the game. And obviously that was probably by scheme and just flow with Mahomes having some turnovers. But uh, just offensively for the Chiefs, I'm looking for kind of a, you know, I don't know if they need to, if they're going to absolutely dominate like they did against the Bears, but let's, get more of that first quarter that the Chiefs had against the Jets. Because when they're playing like that, there's literally nobody that can beat them. No matter how good the defense is, you you cannot hang with the Chiefs when they're playing like they did in the first quarter against the Jets. When they play like they, they did the rest of the game, essentially, anybody can hang with the Chiefs. And so you have to just get better week to week. And um, offensively, I think that starts through the running game. Here's what scares me about this game is Brian Flores is the defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings, and Patrick Mahomes does not like playing against Brian Flores. Straight up, simple as that. It's it's a tough matchup. I mean, especially whenever he's going to press our receivers and he's going to make Travis Kelsey's life hell, and he's going to make us run the football. Now, do I think we can do it? Yes, we showed last week we can do it, but that might be the way we have to win this football game again. Harrison Phillips, Hunter, Hicks. Bynum, Harrison Smith, Byron Murphy, Lewis Seen. Like, there are still guys on this Minnesota defense. Now, stats haven't shown that they're good. They haven't been good. But I think that uh, the way the Chiefs' offense has played so far, with a lack of receiver room, plays to a defensive coordinator's advantage. And Brian Flores is one of the better ones in the NFL. And Patrick Mahomes said it in his press conference. 
multiple times he mentioned Brian Flores as being great, and they're they're going to have to do something different here. They're going to have to be better here, and this is a true test. Go on the road. I think a, a point I do want to make that is very, very clear. I know multiple people going to this game. It's a six-hour, six-and-a-half-hour drive from KC. I think there's going to be a lot, a lot of red in U.S. Bank Stadium. Tons. But it's it's still a tough place, an unknown place that the Chiefs haven't played in. And it, it's going to be interesting to see. And the Vikings, too, on, on, on a side note, is kind of going on a tangent here, but we had a – I had an – I'm – I'm a part of a a billion-dollar company, right? And our CEO had an all-company call this week. Huge Vikings fan. He ended the call. It's like, what the fuck? Like, this guy that's talking to, like, however many employees. Say a prayer for my Minnesota Vikings was how he ended the call. And then it ended. And I was like, dude, bad week to be a Viking. But that's how bad they need this game. Is the fucking CEO of a billion-dollar company who's a huge Vikings fan is talking about how bad they need this football game. Like, they need it. So bad. You're going to get every inch of Minnesota that you want this week because they have to win this football game. They have to. And it's, I'm not saying it's a weird matchup, but it is a weird matchup on that side. And I, I can go in a little bit more. We'll talk about the defense, but I don't want to go too long winded here. Yeah. Holmes has uh, not beaten the Vikings yet. I think the only time that the teams had played was that game where Matt Moore started. I was actually at that game. It was feeling was out too that game, yeah. right? Um, Chiefs so, won. Chiefs yeah, they won did win. We did win close. Won that <laughs> game. Tyreek went nuts. Damian Williams had like a 90-yard touchdown that right at me. That was like – we win that game. We were like, fuck, Mahomes isn't playing. Whatever. Let's just get hammered drunk. And so me and my buddies got just – I mean, you're always drunk in a Chiefs game, but like one of the drunker times I've ever been. And it was, it was a lot of fun watching Matt Moore and Tyreek go off. But – um, if Mahomes beats the Vikings here, he will have beaten all of the 31 other teams. Nice. Yeah, and I think, Blaine, to your point about Brian Flores, we'll, we'll transition to the defense here after this. These receivers, I know you you a uh, great point about them pressing and, and getting in our face and stuff, but is their personnel good enough to do that? They might try it, but it's a great spot for these receivers to win some crucial yep. matchups. Yep. And let's go, guys. We need you bad. Wednesday show, uh, we're normally very positive, uplifting. We'll reevaluate Monday, but I believe that they can do it this week. So let's go out there and do it now. Let's go to the defense. I think this is a great spot for our defense, guys. I really do. I think this is a great test because I'll take my um, genius brain out for a second. I think that Kirk Cousins can throw the football around the yard a little bit. But I think this is a really, really, really good secondary that he's going to be going against this week. I think this is a great test. You have one, if not the best, I'm going to say it, the best receiver in football, uh, Justin Jefferson on the other side of the football. He's all the Vikings have, in my opinion. He He is what makes it tick, Blaine. And you can sit there and you can throw me K.J. Osborne. You can throw me T.J. Hawkinson. If they didn't have Justin Jefferson... It doesn't matter. I don't. I don't care what they have. They're not that good. And I say all that because I think the secondary is going to rise to the challenge. And not only do I think that, I think that this Kansas City Chiefs defensive line can yeah. fly, get after Kirk Cousins and not only help the secondary but help this team in creating turnovers, which we know Kirk is prone to. Blaine, 
Yeah, that's the key here is can we get pressure on Kirk? Kirk has not been great. I mean, he's been great this year, but against pressure, obviously he's fumbled however many times, thrown a lot of picks, and, well, he has the worst offensive line in football. So, yeah, Spags on an advantage here. I love that. I really do. I think they're going to go press coverage and really try to make them throw five, ten-yard routes and not get Jordan Addison down the field. You didn't mention Jordan Addison, who is a phenomenal player, I think, and has had a phenomenal year. But Jefferson, Addison, Hawkinson, what are you going to do? And the the biggest question I have here on Spags' point is, is Legereus Sneed going to be one-on-one with Justin Jefferson? If so, I, I don't want... I don't love that matchup, and I, I'm glad you said it because I wanted to ask you guys what you thought about. I just LJ looks like he has a little bit less of a step than a lot of the receivers he's been one on one with. I feel like Ridley got the best of him there for a little bit. I feel like he just kind of doesn't. He's been good, but I'd rather see Trent one on one with Justin Jefferson. So I, I'm that is my watching point is who lines up across Justin Jefferson. If it's Trent, I love it, but I. Overall, in the secondary, I think it comes down to Spags bringing pressure, rather it does us covering those weapons for three seconds. I think it's us getting to Kirk under three seconds more than anything. I think with Justin Jefferson, it's going to be uh, multiple guys. I think it'll be LJ and it'll be Trent. I mean, we don't usually shadow. And with Garrett Wilson last week, um, there were times Legereus was on him uh, like 60% of his snaps. And then, so the other 40% of his snaps, there were other guys that were lined up on him too. And he did really well against uh, Garrett Wilson. So here's one thing I want us to think about too. Um, This is a contract year for Legereus. He is going to be uniquely keyed up for this matchup. You know, I'm not saying like he's going to, you know, shadow him 100% of the snaps and follow him everywhere. But if he has a good game against Justin Jefferson, that's going to go well in his favor at the negotiation table this offseason. Legereus is going to be fired up for this spot. And obviously, obviously every game, but this is going against clearly, in my opinion, like Chandler said, the best uh, wide receiver in football. He is absolutely ridiculous and going to be a huge difference maker here. Chandler, you definitely should have mentioned Jordan Addison. I put on my notes here, don't let Jordan Addison get behind the defense. I don't want that to happen. That will be very frustrating if they let him get behind. Uh, another note here, Hawkinson versus Justin Reed. Need Justin Reed to be big here against Hawkinson. He's been a really um, a highly targeted safety valve um, for Kirk. Great point, Blaine, that you said that this is advantage spags against Kirk. This is the kind of quarterback Spags likes to play against. 100%. You know, I, I can just see it now. Um, you know, Willie Gay sacking Kirk Cousins on a disguised blitz or Legereus coming off the edge or Chamari um, or Mike or, or right. somebody. Um, and we didn't say this last week. And thanks for mentioning uh, Chamari. He was the highest graded player on the Chiefs last week. The Chiefs continue to find guys in uh, in the secondary on on day three, um, so yeah, ho- hopefully a lot of the a lot of that keeps up. Good to have Nick Bolton back. He practiced today, um, and you know, ho- hopefully this defense just keeps being a well oiled machine, and um, we're getting one one game closer to Charles Omenahu being back too, guys. Yeah, great point too. And that, we said it in the text line, and that was something I wanted to say too. 
this defensive front can make a statement here and then you get Charles back in the AFC after you see the Broncos and we get him for Chargers? Come on. Come on. And I'm not going to be able to be here next week, so I got to say my piece about next week. Just just slightly. I'll be in Broncos country Thursday. Won't record it, but I will be wearing a Chiefs jersey loud mm. with my sweatshirt under it saying Chiefs run the West and I will be Snapchatting slash Xing a lot. So look out for my Xing next week. I had to say it while I could. Absolutely love it. Any final points on the game? I think we hit it pretty well. Johnny, you got some final uh, points? Chamari yeah, so, rocks, by the way. Great, great call, guys. Chamari yeah. is sick. Um, I saw Byron Murphy, the corner, was talking a little smack to saying, like, you know, he's going to be yeah. you know, some stuff to Travis about Taylor Swift. And we've talked about Taylor Swift enough. I haven't seen anything about her going to the game or, or whatever, but I bring that up because, you know, I'm looking, I said earlier, I'm looking for Travis to have his first real big game um, in terms of catches and volume and scores. Um, he hasn't broken 100 this year, which he does all the time. I'm looking for a big game from Travis. That kind of chatter might get him fired up. And then I'm going to put a little bold take here. I'm saying that Justin Ross scores a touchdown this week. They're going to get in the goal to go and they're going to put him in and he's just going to have a size advantage against one of these. Uh, corners for Minnesota. And so I think Justin Ross gets in the end zone this week. I literally love that. I hope that all happens. Um, awesome show. Chiefs in Minneapolis. First time in Mahomes' career. Sunday afternoon is going to be an awesome game. Awesome NFL Week 5 slate. The boys killed it as always. Back Monday, Chiefs recap episode. Hopefully it's our Victory Monday show. We'll be back next Wednesday as well to record NFL Week 6. Um, boys, really appreciate your time. Go Chiefs. Blaine, Johnny, we'll talk to you later. Go Chiefs.